You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Level three. This is Sports Rage. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people at Buster, but everybody else in between. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates in the late night hours. The holidays do not slow us down. And in fact, we've got a full slate of shows. Well, that's not true. We've got a full slate of shows until Wednesday night here. But uh, we'll be on Thursday evening with the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart with Game Time Decisions in early Bringing in the New Year's, our New Year's Eve, uh, our New Year's Eve special. Be uh, breaking it down. We'll be breaking down all the big uh, national championship playoff games uh, as well. Even though the playoff picture is stupid and annoying um, in college of football, at least the National Football League, they decided on the field. And I saw the promo for ESPN, the promo, the com- the TV commercial that they're running, and you know they got a few of them, but for the college football playoffs, and they're like. They're like, you know, 2020, the battle, college football. And they're showing, you know what I mean, Notre Dame and Alabama. And are like, the college football playoffs are here where spots are earned, not given. And I'm thinking, like, out of all the lines that you were going to use and put in this commercial and this, like, trailer here, promo, <laughs> like, like who, who are you trying to convince? Are you trying to convince the viewers or are you trying to tell us this? Like, like, are you trying to convince yourself? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's the exact opposite. You know what I mean? It's like basically ESPN even knows it's a sham. So, like, they even they're putting it in the promo. Oh, yeah, yeah, where spots are earned, not given. What are you talking about? They're they're totally given. They're 100% given. I don't know what you what do you mean. Like, they're, it's it could not be more given than it is. It's completely given. Uh, it's absolutely given. Uh, but we still have to play the games. Alabama are laying 19 and a half points right now to the Fighting Irish. The total is 65 and a half. And um, Ohio State are getting seven and a half against Clemson. Me and Scott Wetzel will be on live, actually, doing a special uh, on Sports Grid Radio Networks and uh, many of the affiliates. Check your local listings. But I will be on with a special in-game live edition of Ohio State and Clemson. All right, we'll get into the NFL playoff picture. We'll get to the odds uh, for uh, week 17 as they start to come in. We still have a Monday night football game on the board. We still have another conversation with Ian Cameron to have. He joined us earlier in the day, but we'll wrap it up with Cabano before we're done as well. Bring it. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. Never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet 100 bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Renzi. Bet your rage. Ian Cameron. Bobano will step up and in and uh, join us. Uh, before we're done here this evening. So the the NFC East division is still wide open uh, right now. Um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. With, um, I don't know what they're going to do with the quarterback uh, position uh, this week with Washington. I would assume, although I can't assume anything, but Alex Smith was pretty close to playing this week. And then he got shut down on Saturday and then earlier this morning – it was sort of a last-second thing. So I would imagine that, you know, I would imagine rolling the dice that Alex Smith will be the quarterback next week. But, you know, I don't know. There's no guarantees, man, right? There's no guarantees. You know, everything's always crazy with Washington. And they've been – it's very strange with the Dwayne Haskins situation in which they clearly don't like him. He frustrates them. But – he ends up having to play by default. Uh, so Haskins goes 14 to 28 today, 154 yards. We should note he didn't have anybody to throw the football to. Um, and yes, Heineke did go down the field after, but it was in garbage time. So it's a little bit different, but it's just the fact that he's not prepared. Like he can't read defenses. You know what I mean? He'll make a couple of plays, but it's purely on instinct alone. So 14 to 28, 154 yards, the two interceptions. Um, Haskins says, definitely the hardest week of my life. I just want to bounce back and move forward and pray and get my life together. I can't really put into words how I'm feeling right now. You sign up for this uh, job, so it is what it is. Um, Haskins, who spoke to, uh, to reporters from his home uh, via uh, whatever Zoom video link after, 
Sometimes being human isn't enough. You've got to own up to your responsibilities and mistakes and put your best foot forward and pray for an opportunity. You never know when you'll get another one. Uh, this sounds like a man that's uh, a little bit regretful right now, except, you know what the problem is, Dwayne? You know, we're going into week 17 of the season here, and, you know, you're making money. You know, you should have realized this, like, in the off season, not like right now. Um, how contrite is he? Um, I like the fact that he did the interview from his house, but I'd almost want to, like, just have an eye on him. See, so, yeah, is, he, is he going out after, or is he tricking us? <laughs> like, is he tricking us where he, he went home to do the video interview? Oh, look at me. I'm at home, everybody. It's almost like Haskins is setting up his alibi, right? Like, you know what I mean? You're so untrustworthy now that it's like we question everything. Yeah, this is some crazy-ass stuff going into next week. You know, different quarterbacks and, you know, Jared Goff's got a broken thumb right now. Going to have a dude, John Wolford from the Alliance League. They're going to be starting for the Rams. Uh, man, you know, a crazy picture going into week 17. So updated point spreads right now. The Buffalo Bills, minus seven against the New England Patriots. And I think the total is a little light here at 46 and a half. The Bills don't let up offensively, all right? They've blown leads against teams. They scored 24 against the Patriots, even when their offense wasn't playing well. Stephon Gilmore is out uh, for the New England Patriots. The Patriots' pass defense is not good to begin with. The Bills' passing attack is lethal right now. Josh Allen, seven uh, games of 300 yards or more uh, this year. Stephon Diggs killing it. You know, um, Cole Beasley's lighting it up. There's a lot to like about the Buffalo Bills' passing attack here. Their defense is dialing it up, though. Um, you know, the Bills are going to be one of these deals where they're going to be in, like, money line parlays. We'll look at ways to attack the Buffalo Bills throughout the day. Uh, mix it up, college. NBA, whatever we got to do. I'm not in love with laying seven points on the road, but I do think Buffalo are going to win this football game. New England have bullied them for 18 years, man. Like, it's time for Buffalo. Like I said, Buffalo Buffalo didn't beat them up when they played last time. Buffalo just won the game, right? They didn't, they didn't punch them in the mouth and say, you know what, suck it, Belichick, um, which I, uh, I'd like to do. Speaking of which, though, I saw, I've been seeing the graph out there, and I saw, I've seen the GIF. I want to get to this, actually. You know, we had somebody scheduled earlier, but he had to step down right before the show tonight. My main man, uh, Pete Shepard, big Patriot uh, guy, ESPN Radio Florida. Uh, I was going to get to this with him, so I got a couple of minutes here. But um, I see people ripping Bill Belichick, and basically the GIF is there's a picture of Brady, and it's like Buccaneers make the playoffs for the first time since 2007. Um, you know, Patriots missed the playoffs for the first time since, you know, 2008. Coincidence, basically, that somehow Belichick sucks without Brady. Brady's not there, and Brady thrives without Belichick. And I don't know what people tuning in right now, your thoughts on that argument is, but to me, it's a weak case to make. When you consider Tom Brady went to a super stacked team with one of the best offenses in the National Football League last year. They had a quarterback that threw a lot of interceptions, but he also threw for a million yards. He threw for a million touchdowns, and they put up a ton of points a game. Um, Tom Brady went to a team 
that already had Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, and Mike Evans. And then they brought in Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown on top of that. Um, the New England Patriots have a team in which Cam Newton's got like one leg and Jared Stidham's terrible as the backup. Eight players opted out due to COVID. And it seems like the Patriots are looking to kind of slash tank slash reload and just retool uh, right now. So, listen, I don't like the New England Patriots. Belichick has pissed me off with some of his antics over the years. Uh, But I'm also not naive and dumb enough to criticize him and say that it was just, oh, Tom Brady's not there and he's not winning right now. All right? Because, and listen, Cam Newton hasn't been great, but he's also been okay at times. They don't have any talent, right? Like, they don't have any talent. They don't have, like, anyone to throw the football to. Defensively, they got shredded by COVID. And, you know, with players opting out. And Belichick didn't resist, which led me to believe that Belichick was kind of conceding, right? That Belichick, you know, and Belichick didn't think that it was going to be a tough year, he would have been more convincing to all these starters that opted out. You got eight starters that opt out. I think Belichick told him, listen, I don't have a problem with this. Get some rest. Stay away from COVID. And um, you know what? You know We'll have a spot for you next year. And I'm going to retool the roster anyways. And this is a good year. We'll get a better draft pick and we'll move forward here. If anybody thinks that Bill Belichick's just going to be like 4-12 and 12 for the rest of his life again, you know, you obviously haven't been paying attention to this guy's greatness uh, over the years. Like, it's not it's not a case of, oh, Brady's not there. I, he's terrible. Oh, look at that. Oh, he can't win without Brady. It's like, no, look at the roster that he has. And look at the roster that Brady has. Like, you have a team in Tampa whose coach is like 1 million percent all in to win a Super Bowl right now. Right, and Bruce Arians. The guy's old, he's grumpy, he's pissed off. Like, you want to talk about an angry old dude, you talk about Bruce Arians. This guy's got zero patience, man, all right? He's got zero patience. And they're they're not even hiding it. Yeah, we'll sign Antonio Brown. We'll bring in Gronkowski. You know, we're already stacked, but you know what? The Super Bowl's in Tampa. We're trying to get there. Bill Belichick basically stated... You know what? The run is done. We loaded up. We've been all in for all these years in a row, and the run is done. But it doesn't mean it's going to be done forever. Robert Kraft is a competitor as well. All right? It's not like Jerry Jones. They're not going to suck for 23 years again. Belichick, listen, it's going to be a rebuilding process. But don't buy the hype, and you'll see this. Ooh, Belichick sucks without Tom Brady. I'll tell you what. If Belichick had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, and uh, Antonio Brown, Bill Belichick would look like a better coach right now than these jackasses, wouldn't he? Ian Cameron joins us. Bring it. Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us. One of us. One of us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morancy. Let's break it down with a man who joined us uh, today and stepped up and in and did a great job for Joe Lisi on In Game Live. Bob Bano. Ian Cameron steps up and in to uh, wrap up the uh, the day and the week that was in the National Football League. So, Babano, you and I obviously were on together during the early games uh, today. So we had the uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Washington and Carolina, um, Seattle. Uh, Seattle takes care of business against the Los Angeles Rams. But for me, the game that was the most frustrating of them all was the Philadelphia Eagles and the sloppiness, the turnovers, the penalties, the bad um, coaching decisions. How the hell do you go for it, Babano, when it's fourth and 15? It's fourth and 15. You're down by 13 points with 14 minutes left. It's like Doug Peterson's trying to lose these games. Not only that, but your play call was like a little short five to eight yard route to Zach Ertz, which had no chance in hell of being converted for a first down. It was a stunning decision. I think you take the three points with Jake Elliott, who has proven he's got the leg to make a longer distance field goal in that situation with so much time left. But this was a step back a little bit for Jalen Hurts. There's been a lot of, a small step back at the very least, because a lot of people singing his praises after the Arizona game, where even in defeat, he played well. Obviously, we know what he did against the Saints two weeks ago. He played well, leading them to victory. But bad decisions today kept crept into his game. Turnovers crept into his game. Not running with the football enough and electing to throw the football into coverage. I think, where was that running from uh, Hertz? I thought there were times when he forced the ball, when there was room to make plays with his feet. It was a step back, and it was against a defense that you would think, in theory, Marenzi, he could have a lot of success against. And, in fact, it ended up being his worst performance of the three starts he's made. Yeah, you know what? And, listen, they weren't going to win the football game anyways. They were overwhelmed. We have to give credit to the Dallas Cowboys for putting up 37 points. And let's give credit to the Cowboys. I mean, this is three wins in a row uh, right now for them, and pretty convincing wins as well. 
uh, Babano. And we were on the Cowboys the last couple of weeks. And you know what? It's Russian roulette, this stuff. And I should have rolled the hot hand. But as you mentioned with Jalen Hurts, there was some indecisiveness in the pocket today. It's going to happen. He's still a rookie. He's very raw. Um, you know, this is his third game. But that was, that is the, sort of the, his problem, uh, Babano. The arm strength is there. The athleticism is there. We know he's a strong dude. He can take the hits. He has, you know, he checks a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the marks off. But, you know, you remember at Alabama and Oklahoma, he tries to be a hero a lot, Babano, and he doesn't get it. Like, take the sack. You're going to fumble. He'll lose yards. He'll make bad decisions. He's got to improve the decisions. But you know what? You can say that about every rookie quarterback. Yeah, you can. And I think it was due for a situation where he wasn't going to maybe be as effective or be as strong uh, today. It was just surprising it was against a defense that's, let's be honest, uh, they've allowed any opponent via the ground, via the air to do whatever they wanted. But let's, and as you mentioned, we got to give Dallas some credit. And I'll give them a lot more credit today because the first win was against Cincinnati, a bad football team. The last game was San Francisco. Nick Mullins, not very good at quarterback. This is a pretty damn good win for the Dallas Cowboys. Give them credit, but they still have work to do, and they're going to have to hope the Eagles can do them a favor next week uh, against the Washington football team. And a Washington football team that decides to sit Haskins uh, late in the game. And I'll tell you what, um, we backdoored the 10-point teaser, Babano. We hung on. <laughs> it was one of those deals where with Washington scoring late, we we score, we hit, you know, we cashed because we had Washington on a 10-point teaser, and as well as the Rams, as well as the Rams as well, who end up losing by 11. But Seattle Seattle wins that division. It's been a wild division. And let's be real, Babano, it's just been a wild-ass year in the National Football League this year. There's, you know, you look in the AFC, there's going to be 10 win. There's going to be a 10-win team on the outside looking in, even though we had an additional playoff spot. And... You look at the NFC, dude, and it seems like on a week-to-week basis, any one of these teams can beat each other, right? Like, you know, the Packers are good. The Saints are good. Uh, the Seahawks are dangerous. You know, the Rams are suddenly struggling right now, but I wouldn't completely uh, write them off. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I'm just saying, Babano, wild card weekend, buddy, is going to literally and figuratively be wild card weekend. It's going to be wild. Yeah, anything can goes and anyone can win. And I know, uh, you know, sometimes Heineken's go down smooth. For you with that Washington teaser, Heineke yeah. uh, went down smooth today. Uh, very good. I thought he was better than Askins, to be honest with you, <laughs> moving the football uh, in a tough spot, coming in cold off the bench. Rivera finally had enough, and I applaud Ron Rivera. This guy acted like a complete bonehead, a complete reckless moron with his decisions off the field to, to you know, maskless uh, endeavors uh, away from the football field, putting everyone at risk. He stinks on the field. He stunk again today. Enough was enough. Uh, he benched his ass finally, Dwayne Haskins, put Heineke in there, uh, and he actually moved the ball better than Haskins did. It was too little too late, but I think Ron Rivera, eventually there's only so much he can take, and eventually it got to that point where I've had enough. Yeah, you know, and we talked about it, Papano. Really, Haskins, every time he's played, it's almost just been by default, right? Like, they don't want to play him. They strip him of this. They fine him, yet everybody's hurt or, you know, there's COVID or whatever the hell it is. Every time he stepped in, it's never like they've had a lot of confidence uh, in him. And I've defended him in the past, Babano. Yet, as we see, it's just a train wreck. 
even when he saw there was an opportunity with Alex Smith going down, how did he respond? He goes and, you know, he hires a bunch of strippers and and more for a hotel room party after they lose a game in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, the knock on him is all the time that he's unprepared. He doesn't know the playbook. And, you know, if you look today, too, a couple of plays that he made, they were on instinct, right? They were on instinct and they were on raw ability. And I think he thinks, you know, in college, you can get away with that stuff, Abano. But at the pro level, you can't. And you can make a couple of plays in the NFL on instinct, but you can't consistently uh, make plays on instinct. And, yeah, he's going to pay the price, and it'll be interesting to see um, if there's that trickle-down effect. We've talked about it in the past with Justin Fields right now, is there has been a track record of Ohio State quarterback failures in the National Football League, people over-evaluating the quarterbacks. But we've got another NFL game left of a battle. The Buffalo Bills, who I tell you what, people are getting excited about. Uh, the bandwagon is filling up right now with the Bills. They're they're peaking at the right time. And as we saw today, Kansas City looks a little bit vulnerable. Or, you know, listen, KC, you're still the champ. You're the champ until you're not the champ. And I'm not saying they're going to be easy to knock off, but they don't look invincible. They're not invincible, Kansas City. And Buffalo has as good of a chance as anybody but what do you make of this Buffalo Bill game against the New England Patriots on Monday night, Babano? Yeah, the, the question to me is where are the Bills in terms of their mindset going into this game for a team that just clinched their first division title in 25 years with the win against Denver next week? Do they bring that same focus this week and or not following that kind of you know big win for the franchise, which they haven't had many big wins like that in a very long time? I think the focus is there for Buffalo tomorrow night or Monday night against New England. It's a situation where this is a team that's beaten you up, just completely dominated and owned this division for years. If you have a chance to beat them and go 2-0 and on the season series and, and hand a little bit more misery to Hoodie and the Patriots, I think you take that opportunity if you're the Bills. Plus, I think the number two seed means something. I know this year it's only the one seed going to get the bye, but still, if the Bills were to get the two seed in the AFC Marenzi, then the potential is there if they win in the wild card round to have two home games this year uh, in the playoffs. I think that's something that's significant, especially with the Bills lobbying to have some fans allowed uh, in attendance for these home playoff games. So I think that's incentive for Buffalo. And to be honest with you, I think their defense is playing their best football at the right time. We had issues with the defense earlier on this season, but they're much healthier now. They've played better in recent weeks. And this New England offense is about as limited as it gets. And you take Stephon Gilmore off the exactly. football field on this defense for the Patriots, Morency, and suddenly they're giving up points and big plays through the air. And losing your top cornerback and a guy that's played at such a high level is not the time to lose him as against Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills passing game. So I like Buffalo. I don't know if I, I, I lean to them at minus seven more. I've got them in a bunch of teasers as well already this week, uh, down below minus three. I think they win the football game. I wouldn't even talk anyone out of laying the seven, but I definitely think they win the football game. You know, they barely won. They struggled to beat the Patriots. They're good points that you raise. They will be motivated. They do want the two seed. They hate the Patriots. The Patriots have beaten them like 33 in the last like 36 times uh, type of deal. Yeah, they got the win earlier this year, but they really didn't play all that great uh, in that game. Yet, without being stated, you know, I'm not really in a hurry to be want to be laying seven points on the road here against uh, the Patriots. I agree with you as far as teasers are concerned. 
There might be more points than people realize, uh, Babano, in this game. Buffalo's yeah. offense is relentless, and as you mentioned, without Stephon Gilmore, the the Patriots' uh, secondary is vulnerable. They already had the 28th-ranked uh, pass defense. You can throw the ball on the Patriots. The question is, what, what will Cam Newton uh, do? And you brought it up, Babano, as far as fans are concerned, and you know, they already have different rules in the state of New York as it is, right? Yeah. I mean, the state yeah. of New York is so big. So, yeah, New York City might be on lockdown, but it might not be the same rules in western New York, although they try to stay within the same um, framework. But with that being stated, as you mentioned, it would be nice to get 10,000 members of Bill Mafia into that stadium. You know they would sound like 30,000 people. <laughs> but at the same point in time, Abano, as a lifelong Bills fan, I don't know. You know what? We've had fans in the stadium over the years, and things haven't gone so well. Seems like uh, the way things are going right now, like, you know, like Josh Allen even said, yeah, we're not going out. I don't you know. We're not going to bars or anything. I don't know. Maybe this is it's actually working uh, for them. But listen, we'll take a quick break. I want to get into some college football uh, bowl games with Ian Cameron. Bob Bano stepping up and in. We are the first 24-hour network giving you the most extensive fantasy sports and odds coverage of all major sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Your search is over. You found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of, of sports, sports talk. talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down with Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Bob Bano. We had a great Christmas special uh, last week with Ian Cameron and the Raging Redhead, uh, Cam Stewart. Um, it won't quite be a New Year's Eve show uh, this year, Babano, because New Year's Eve is um, is actually on Thursday, and there's only so many times that we can light it up and uh, and throw it down. <laughs> but Sports Rage, Sports Rage on Wednesday will be the last uh, last show of the year. So we went out with a Christmas special. We're going to go out on uh, this Wednesday with our last show, Sports Rage of the Year. Although me and Cam will be on New Year's Eve um, on Game Time Decisions. So from 6 o'clock Eastern until 9 o'clock, get you ready, um, like Dick Clark and Ryan Seacrest and all that type of stuff. But get you ready for all the big college football uh, bowl games. So let's get into some of these games right now, uh, Babano. And listen, we're going to speak again on Wednesday. So let's take a look at some of the games going to be coming up uh, before we talk again, starting off with the Cheez-It Bowl. And I'm a little bit surprised that they just don't have a bowl game on Monday afternoon. Right? Like, I get it. You know, there's Monday Night Football and it's ESPN and stuff. But I'm surprised that we have to wait until Tuesday for a bowl game, Babano. But we've got the Cheez-It Bowl from Orlando. Oklahoma State and uh, Miami. I tell you, man, Miami are a hard team to trust. You look at their record and it's impressive. But they really got lit up by North Carolina. They've lost players who have opted out. Like, good players on an offensive line. Like, two dudes that were studs. They've lost, they've got, you know, they've lost like three, four, five players already. And who knows what else is going to happen leading into this game. And, yeah, I know Hubbard is out, but Hubbard's been out for them. And 
They just plug in new running backs uh, there. My gut's telling me Oklahoma State uh, here. I have a hard time trusting the Hurricanes, but Banner, what's your take uh, with this football game? It's probably a game I'm passing on, to be honest, but I'd leap, I'd prefer Oklahoma State, too. Uh, Manny Diaz has the one bowl game last year, and they were a no-show in it, essentially. They got shut out by Louisiana Tech 14 uh, nothing. They had a terrible game against North Carolina to end the regular season, 62-26, to and they pretty much flat out laid down a quit in that game. So I'm not enamored with Miami. It doesn't look like they're all that excited about playing in Orlando, Florida here for the Cheez-It Bowl in this game. But Oklahoma State has issues too. I mean, Gundy's 9-5 and five in bowl games, but he's going to be missing a lot of key players. You mentioned Hubbard, the top cornerback. Williams isn't going to play. Best line, lineman on the offensive line, Tevin Jenkins, is out. And Tylen Wallace, the receiver, might not play either. And I can tell you this right now from watching Okie State. Whenever Tylen Wallace, the receiver, hasn't played, this offense hasn't been the same. That's my issue here with Oklahoma State. Who's going to be on the football field? I lean that way, but I'm probably more than anything going to just stay off this game completely. It's You know, listen, it's going to be a fun game. It's a train wreck. And listen, it is what it is. Bowl games are already tough as it is, Babano, and now with COVID, yeah. it's, it's different. And the lack of fans and players opting out even more so uh, than usual. Uh, but, yeah, me, and you mentioned the injuries to Oklahoma State. Yet yeah, you look at uh, Miami, um, dude, they lost 30 tackles and 12 and a half sacks. Uh, 12, and a half, 12 and a half sacks and 30 tackles gone from the defensive line. The guys that are replacing them have combined for three and a half tackles. <laughs> like they're plugging in some kids at the defensive end uh, position. I just think that Oklahoma State can absorb the loss of talent uh, a little bit more. Um, I like Miami's quarterback, obviously, but I tell you what, Sanders has done a nice job with Oklahoma State uh, here, and I think uh, I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger with Oklahoma State, uh, Babano. Is it the lock of the year? No, uh, but we're not here to pass on games, Babano. I'll cut <laughs> you some slack on the first one, though, because we're going to throw a couple of more at you. But uh, I'm leaning Oklahoma State here, guys. Obviously, we'll break it down more as the game approaches. The Alamo Bowl is, has become an entertaining bowl game over the years. Sort of replaced the Holiday Bowl as that fun one where they try to plug in high-scoring teams, right? Like, they tried, like, the Alamo Bowl, they want it to be a high-scoring, entertaining game. And the total is pretty high uh, right now. It's set like uh, they want it to be a high-scoring game. It should be a fun football game between Texas and Colorado just for the record, the current number now for Oklahoma State is two and a half, 58 and a half. Texas lay nine and a half points to the Buffaloes over under 63 and a half. What's your take on the uh, Alamo Bowl? Yeah, this is one I think I could make a case for Colorado. And I know uh, uh, Tom Herman's had an excellent bowl track record. I believe he's undefeated straight up in ATS, 4-0. But in so many of these bowl games, he's had bigger games. He's had some Sugar Bowls. He's had some New Year's Day bowl games against bigger competition. Now you're a big favorite against a Pac-12 team. And I don't get that sense Texas is all that interested and excited. He's saying they're excited, Tom Herman. Uh, but here's the reality. The reality is five team captains on this Texas team have opted out of this game. The left tackle, uh, Joseph Asai, this defensive end, is one of their top pass rushers. The safety, Caden Stearns, defensive tackle, take one Graham, safety, Chris Brown, a lot of them on the defensive side of the football. They've all opted out. They all want no part of this game. They all want to prepare for the NFL draft. When you're seeing leaders 
on the football team say, you know what, peace out, guys. I don't, I don't want to play in this bowl game. Speaks volumes to the rest of the team. This has the makings of potentially an unfocused, unmotivated, bigger favorite here, Texas. I lean Colorado. I'll give Sam Neuer the quarterback credit. He's played better uh, this season than I expected. Carl Durrell, first season at Colorado. I know Pac-12 has its issues. But to go 4-1 and one straight up, 4-1 and one against the spread this year in his first season is pretty solid. They've been in mostly every game they've played. I think I would take the points here with Colorado. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a high-scoring game that comes down to it'll – be, it'll be entertaining. It'll come down to whoever has the ball last or close uh, to that. If you look, guys, Texas 6-3 and three to the over on the season. Uh, Colorado only played five games, but 4-1 and one, uh, four and one straight up, 4-1 and one against the spread, 3-2. and two. Uh, to the over as well. Should be a fun fun football game. And nine and a half is a lot of points here, guys. But Banner Ray's a good point. Um, a lot of this stuff is motivation. A lot of this stuff is motivation. Talent you know, is big, but motivation is another one. And Colorado will be fired up for this football game. A lot more than the Texas Longhorns uh, will be. All right, let's get into the Dukes-Mayo Bowl here. Dukes-Mayo. Dukes, uh, Dukes Mayo. <laughs> Wake Forest and Wisconsin. Got a four and four team and a three and three team uh, here, and uh, this game is take place in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Um, and talk to me about this game, uh, Babano. Million players in, million players out of this one as well. Wisconsin have been a train wreck all year as far as COVID is concerned. Yeah, this one I can't lay it with Wisconsin here. There's no way uh, I take Wisconsin. You look at the way they finished the season; they did not finish it well. Uh, at all uh, down the stretch. Uh, They had the uh, game against Minnesota. They barely escaped with the win. Uh, They lost to Iowa, lost to Indiana, lost to Northwestern, 0-4 ATS to finish the season. And I get the sense they're not all that enthusiastic about this game. Wake Forest, I want to take the points. It would be the side I'd look at, but they haven't played a ton. They just haven't. They played uh, October 31st against Syracuse, (laughs) November 14th against North Carolina, and then because of covid uh, issues and all kinds of cancellations. They went a whole month without playing. They finally got back on the field against Louisville on December 12th, and they got pummeled 45 to 21 uh, in that game. So they played two football games since November 14th coming into this game. They just haven't been on the field, practice field, or in a game all that much uh, over the last. Like you talk about rusty, they really could in this game with Wake Forest. But They'd be the lesser of two evils for me. I'm not laying seven with Wisconsin here in this game. So I, I, I lean Wake here. Just for the sake of giving out an opinion, I'll lean a little bit to Wake. Um, Florida and Oklahoma. So this one's this one's a cool one, actually. This is sort of the first. All right, yeah, you can't miss this one, right? Florida Gators and the Oklahoma Sooners. As Babano mentioned, uh, Wisconsin are laying uh, now up to seven and a half. 51 and a half is the total here in, in that game. Meanwhile, the Florida Gators are two and a half point favorites over the Oklahoma Sooners Wednesday night at Babano. So we'll be coming on Sports Rage. I don't know, college games last like seven hours. So maybe the game will still be going on actually at midnight. <laughs> but total is 71 and a half. Florida and Oklahoma, fun game here. What's your take on this one? Sooner Lisa's going to love me for this. Uh, I like Oklahoma here. I really do. And I haven't bet Oklahoma a lot this year uh, in this game, uh, or this season, I should say. But I like them here. I like the way they finished the season. Of course, they won the Big 12 championship against Iowa State. And from a Florida standpoint, you know, you battled to the end against Alabama, fell short. And here's another team where there's guys opting out. 
Kyle Pitts isn't going to play. He's opted out. There's a couple others on the offensive side, a couple on the defensive side of the football. And, uh, Trask, from all indications, is still going to play. Same with Kadarius Toney. He's another one of his top receivers. Uh, but still, I mean, this to me has the look of a Florida team that are they truly going to be excited to play here in the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma? I'm not sure. Oklahoma, to me, they look like a focus group. I mean, they finished the season extremely strong, winning games, covering point spreads. And for the first time in a long time, when Oklahoma steps up and plays one of these b- better teams here in a bigger game like this, such as the Cotton Bowl or a New Year's game or a playoff game, I think you can make a case for the better defense right now of these two teams. I mean, Florida's defense has been brutal all season long. The Sooners played much better football on the defensive side, starting with the game against Texas and for the rest of the season from that point on. I think Oklahoma can win the game. I'll take the points. Yeah, you look at this Oklahoma team and how they responded after they lost to Iowa State. They dug down deep. They ran the table. They had that wild game against the Texas Longhorns. But after that, they've been pretty much on cruise uh, control. Uh, you know, after the Texas game, 33-14 against TCU, 62-28 against uh, Texas Tech, smash Kansas, 62-9. Oklahoma State, 41-13, were a good team. They beat down Baylor, 27-14. Don't cover, but, you know, they still win the game by double digits. And then don't forget, you know, how trendy Iowa State were, and they handled their business uh, here. You know, this is just a team, you're right, when it comes down to motivation factor. I'll tell you about battle. It's a quick turnaround from the conference championship weekend, isn't it, to the bowl games this year, quicker than normal. And the Florida Gators, they had their hearts ripped out in that Alabama game. They had their hearts ripped out. Like, players were crying and collapsing on the field. And, you know, like, they they didn't even care about, like, their win-loss record. They just wanted to knock off Alabama in that spot. And they fell short. I think saying, you know, I think it's a good point for you, raise, and I agree. I think Oklahoma could have the motivation factor here. And, guys, motivation factor doesn't always win your bet, but it's something to handicap in a bowl game, Babano. It, it is, and, and I think they'll be fired up. I think there's an incentive, too, and I know Spencer Rattler wasn't the starter. You've had Jalen Hurts. You've had Baker Mayfield. You've had uh, Kyler Murray. You've had other quarterbacks in years past for Oklahoma. But there's been big-time disappointment in these bowl games, particularly these bigger ones in the last few years for Oklahoma. They haven't stepped up. They haven't yeah. delivered. I think there's an incentive now. Let's get one here. Uh, and, again, I think uh, as much as I love Florida's offense, and they're not going to shut down Florida's offense, but – they are going to get those extra few stops, I think, in this game that Florida's defense simply can't. And again, you're right. From a psyche standpoint, I'm worried after they gave everything physically, mentally, emotionally against Alabama, how Florida is going to respond in this game, plus falling just short of the playoff as well. That's not going to hurt them or help them, I should say, from a motivational standpoint. So I like Oklahoma, a smaller lean over the total as well. I think one thing with Oklahoma, too, I you know, I can't disagree about it. They've had disappointment in the playoff games, but... They've sort of been overwhelmed dealing with just the elite of the elite, uh, right? So as you stated, there's not as much pressure on them now. It's not a Final Four game. Um, and Florida a little bit vulnerable uh, right now. Ian Cameron, never vulnerable, Babano. You can follow him on Twitter, at Babano. Find him, uh, Ian Cameron, as well. Great stuff, uh, Babano. We'll catch up with you on Wednesday night for the last Rage of the Year, buddy. Thanks, Gabe, as always. There's Ian Cameron. Bob Bano kicking it with us. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the internet. Hey,
technology grand. Keep it here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, we're in the three-minute warning here. We're throwing it down. Quickest 180 minutes in sports. Rapid fire uh, this evening. We got Paul Bowlby, George Kurtz uh, on the radar uh, for the Monday night uh, meltdown. Uh, but like, like a lot of players right now, everything is uh, TBD to be determined uh, as we move forward. Always tough in the holiday holiday season to step up, uh, but we do no matter what. Even if our guests uh, are too drunk to appear, <laughs> have disappeared for the holidays. Speaking of which, how's the raging redhead Cam Stewart uh, doing? Um, I sort of kicked in like tonight. I'm like, you know what? I haven't like, I never sent them a text or anything like that over the holidays, and um, and you know what? I, I haven't seen him online. I thought he would be on the air tonight, so. Uh, hopefully Cam shows up on Monday night, but I think Cam um, Cam was just a much needed couple of days off, and I imagine Cam's probably gotten into it pretty good uh, during the holiday uh, season. So you know what I said a bunch of times tonight that I don't know about laying the seven points with the Buffalo Bills. Whatever, I lied. I lied. Uh, we'll end up taking the Buffalo Bills in this game. You know, as I stated, man, the the Patriots. The Patriots have mocked the Bills, thrown sand in their face, kicked the crap out of them, and, and literally beat them like 32 out of 35 times type of deal. All right? They literally own their asses, man. All right? Buffalo, Buffalo beat them earlier in the year. They didn't play great. There wasn't. It was sort of in Buffalo's, you know, that was the worst patch of the season for the Bills. But they still managed to win the game. All right. And Milano actually got hurt in that game. And you look at the pass defense of the New England Patriots. And I think the Buffalo Bills are going to go for the jugular. If there's one common theme about the Bills, guys, we've talked about on a weekly basis. It's you hear, well, it's not a great spot for them. Is it going to be a letdown? Is it going to be a letdown? Well, whatever, man. You know, we're talking about a football team. Um, that hasn't let down. You know, they haven't let down. They're an 11 and 3 team, and that's why their record is what it is. Thanks, Dean Cameron, for stepping up again. Thanks to our crew in the pit. And thanks to you. The Rachel Hall and Cutter Matt, you're on your own. Later. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.